0: Well this is a uh, uh, this is a lot of fun, you know being outside there 's a lot of uh, some elements that you deal with, and so i 'm on this little tiny stage. I normally walk around, so i 'm going to try not to fall and break my neck as we walk around but uh, anyway today we 're going to be looking we're continuing our series we 're in a series this year it 's just called big and where're what where we are doing is we're just simply expecting big things from God. And I, I think just a lot of times as believers, what's really easy to do, and even in my own life, is to get so used to the idea of God, get used to coming to church and all those different things, that we really don't have any expectations anymore of what we expect God to do. And, and we don't sometimes expect God really to do anything. And so for my, in my own life, I'm just trying to gear my thinking to realizing that we serve a real God who is a big God, who can still do big things. And so today we are continuing our series in the book of Acts, and we're going to be looking in Acts chapter 2 in verse number 41. And so if you have your Bible and you want to turn there, feel free to do that. Uh, but as you do that, I'd like to just share a, a story with you. There is a, an author named Max Lucado. He's one of my favorite authors to read just for some devotional material. And he has a book that's called In the Eye of the Storm. And in the book, he talked about, really about focus. And he said there were two uh, two paddle boats going down the Mississippi River. And this is the 1800s. And he says they're going down the river, the the boats, the, the, the sailors on each boat. They began to talk to each other, talking about which boat was better, which boat was faster. And then he said before long, they began to talk about, you know, who could win a race. And so one of the boats began to pull away, and the other boat was trying to keep up, but they quickly realized that they didn't have enough coal to get down to their destination in New Orleans. And so to keep up, one of the guys had a great idea. He said, we got some cargo in this boat. He said, let's see how it burns. And so they threw their cargo into the fire, and they began to catch up. And the more cargo they threw into the fire, uh, the, the quicker they became. And they passed the other boat, and they ended up winning the race, which was a great thing. The only problem was they burned up all their cargo. And that was just an example of of a group of men who got together and they lost focus of what they were there for. And and the things that they were to value, they didn't value them anymore. What they were valuing was stuff that in the big picture really didn't matter. And and I think sometimes as as believers, as Christians, as churches, it's really easy for us to kind of get caught up in the peripheral things of life And we forget what it is that we are to value as believers, as a church, as followers of Jesus. And so today in our passage of Scripture, we're going to take a look at the early church. We're going to take a look what did the church, you know, what did the church of the Bible value? You know, what, what was it that the church of Scripture found to be important? Because I believe the things that they found to be important are the things that we as a church today, you know, in the 21st century in Blythewood, South Carolina, I believe these are the things that we are to value as well. And so we're going to be talking about the beginning of the church today. We call it the birth of the church. And whenever you look at the birth of the church, you're going to see that it drew a huge crowd in. And so the question is, why were so many people attracted to the message of Christians? And I believe it's because of what they valued. And I believe we're going to see the same thing today, we need to value the same thing that the early church did. So that's why we're going to look in Acts 2. And as I talked about last week, in Acts chapter 2, what was going on is the people were celebrating what is known as Pentecost. And a Pentecost, it just very simply means 50. It was 50 days after the Passover. And of course, we know that the Passover is where they were celebrating God delivering the Hebrew people out of Egyptian captivity. Pentecost was celebrating the day when God gave Moses the law. And of course, if you've seen Charlton Heston in the movie, The Ten Commandments, that's what it's all about. And so that's what they were celebrating. Now, we celebrate Pentecost today because that is the birth of the church. And as we look in our text today, we're going to see what the church values. And I'd like to stack it up against ourselves in this. And, and, what did they, and what they valued, is it what we value? So what did the early church value? And, and we're just going to take a look at a few things this morning. The first thing that the early church valued was the Word of God. They put a premium on Scripture. And so I want you to look with me in, let's see, verse number 41. It says, so those who accepted his message, and this was Peter, he'd been preaching, It says they were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. So you have to remember in in this scripture, the majority of people being talked about, they were brand new followers of Jesus. You know, they weren't seasoned Christians. They didn't grow up in the church or any of those things. They were brand new Christians. Verse 41 says, So those who accepted his message were baptized that day, and about 3,000 were added to them. So what you have here is we have 3,000 new people who've just become followers of Christ, and now they are ready to put their faith into action. So what do they do? It says they started devoting themselves to what the bible said to what scripture had to say to them it says to the apostles teaching now what were the apostles teaching in the early church that they were teaching what jesus taught them you know before jesus went into heaven we're told in matthew 28:19 and 20 therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit And then Jesus said, teaching them to observe everything I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Okay, so here's the deal. Why is it so important for us to be dedicated to what Jesus had to say? Because what Jesus has to say gives us directions for life. It points out to us how to live. It is fuel, so to speak, for our souls. And we know that if we are going to... And if we're going to be successful, if we're going to have energy, then one thing that we need is we are going to need food to nourish us. Same thing's true as believers. If we are going to be successful, if we are going to make a difference, we need to be fed God's word to nourish us in how to live. 1 Peter 2, 2 and 3 says, like newborn infants, it says, desire the pure spiritual milk so that you may grow by it for your salvation since you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now, here's what, I, here's what I think. I think a lot of times we struggle spiritually because we are malnourished spiritually, because we don't know what God's Word says, because we don't put into practice what Scripture teaches. You know, if, if the, the same thing if you apply it to the physical body. If we don't eat enough, then we get malnourished, we get tired, we get run down. I think the same thing happens to us spiritually. So in essence, while food is like the fuel for our bodies, God's word is the fuel for the church. Again, you apply it to just regular stuff. You know, whenever you came to church today or whenever you go to work, one thing you want to make sure you have is you want to make sure you have gas in your car to help you arrive at your destination. Have any of y'all ever run out of gas before? Okay, if you've run out of gas before, you know, well, that was, that was not very smart of me. And so you want to have enough gas to get where you're going. I have, I have an example of this. Now, I like, to, I, I'm very, I like to be very fuel efficient in my car to see how long I can run it before it goes out. And uh, my son, uh, in particular, really does not enjoy this. And whenever he was a, he was a knob at the Citadel. And I remember I was, I was going to pick him up, so it was his freshman year, and he just wants to get out of school to you know, get away from the rigors of, you know, cadet life, and so I drive down there to pick him up. As we're on our way back, my gas light comes on, and it says, you know, 50 miles until empty. And so I was thinking, my son, he's like, we need to get gas soon. I was like, we will, but it started raining. And uh, so, you know, because I, w- I wanted to get him home safely, I began to focus on keeping the car, you know, on the road. And it was really, it was a really hard rain, and I was driving along. I was kind of not really paying attention to my gas gauge until it said two miles until I was empty. And the real challenge and problem was the next exit, my son noticed this, is that it was three miles away. So I got two miles on my car, gas stations three miles away. Hank is sitting there thinking, great, my dad's a moron. I'm going to be wearing this stupid Citadel outfit, and I've got to walk in order to go get gas for my dad. Now, here's the neat thing that I learned. I learned that the car, we ended up actually, we coasted into the gas station. So uh, now I know this. I know that that whenever my car says 50 miles till empty, it actually means 51 miles till empty. <laughs> so that's a good thing. But here's the thing. If, if you're going to drive... You want to make sure that you have plenty of gas, plenty of fuel. Guys, if we are going to navigate as Christians and make a difference in this world for Jesus that is desperate for good news, that is desperate for hope, that is desperate to know that there is forgiveness, that is desperate to know that there is a life beyond this then, then we better make sure that we are filling up on what God's word says. You know, Psalm one nineteen one oh five 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. When I'm in darkness and we are in a dark world, I need light. And God's word is light. That's why the early church, what we see that they were, what they valued, it was, it was the word of God. Village church, we need to value God's word. But another thing that we see that they valued was this. They valued each other. And I think it's vital for, for Christian fellowship. that We've we got to love each other. We have to value each other. Verse number 45 says this about the early church. So they sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as anyone had a need. And every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple complex. And they broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Now, in those two verses, I'd just like for you to take a look at what, at what the church was doing together. It says they were together, they had everything in common, they shared, they met together for worship, they ate together, they were glad. You go through those two verses, there's a lot of each others in those verses. Now, these verses are not teaching communism, just because they shared stuff together. You remember, it's, 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 it's uh, Passover, it's Pentecost, Jewish people from all over the world were descending upon Jerusalem. Thousands and thousands of people were coming together. So what that meant is when there's so many people flooding into a city, there was not a lot of hotel rooms available. So it's very common for people that would open up their homes for guests to come. It's like Airbnb. So people were coming into Jerusalem. They were, they were staying with, with friends, with family, even sometimes with strangers. But as they came into Jerusalem, a lot of those people, it says 3,000 of them, became believers in one day. So their plans changed. They were supposed to get ready to go home when all this was over, but many of them decided we are going to stay because we want to learn more about Jesus. And so these people stayed together. They formed their own communities. They were together. They were shunned, many of them, by the outside world. So they said, we got, we got to survive here. So what did they do? They cared for each other. They, they, they shared their possessions, they shared their, their wealth with each other, they shared food with each other, they worshiped together, they did all those things. And now Village Church, here's the thing, one thing that I think is really neat, that is a church that, that y'all have done. You've demonstrated that you value one another, that you care for one another. You know, just a few weeks ago, we we participated in, in Big Serve. After After church was over, we got up and many teams from the church got out and you went and you served people. A lot of you went to some of the fire stations that we had around here, you fed them lunch. We had a crew of people that went out on Rimer Pond Road, and you picked up the trash on Rhymer Pond Road. Uh, we had uh, other teams that, that went next door to the new neighborhood, and you prayer walked that neighborhood, the schools. Uh, other team went, uh, went to the crossings nursing home. You did a concert for them. We had another team that went to a church member's house. He has not been able to work in his yard for four years. And you went over there and you worked in his yard. Now, now, why did you do those things? It's simple. It's because you value people. And you know what happens when you do stuff like that? People take notice. Now, now why do people take notice? Because in this day and age, it's strange. It's strange for us to care for each other. You know, our natural tendency as people is to be selfish. Selfish. And, you know, For those of you who are parents, and, and you know this, and we've shared this before, but as a parent, how many of you as parents taught your children to say, that is mine? Did you teach your kids that? No, you didn't. I mean, it's, this is natural. Children, are, they, are, they are little sinners, right? And so they, 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 uh, they just do that naturally. But it's part of their nature. But here's, here's what I'm learning as I, as I get older. I'm learning as I get older. There is great joy that comes with sharing. There's great joy that comes whenever we serve, when we value each other, when we work together. Now, you know, there's, uh, there's three famous opera singers, uh, Placido Domingo, Luciano Pavarotti, and uh, Jose Carreras. They, they had a group called the Three Tenors. And they would sing together, because fam- all of them were world famous in their own right, but whenever they would sing together, there was a journalist that came and asked them, said, when you all sing together, do you ever try to outperform the other one? Do you ever get jealous of each other? And, and Placido Domingo said, no. He said, we, we have to work together because we are trying to make music. And I thought, you know, as, as, as believers, that's a, that's a great word of advice for us. You know, as, as a church, as Christians, we are called to work together so that we can make music for God together. But if we're going to do that, we have to be united. So the question is, well, how can we be united? Well, we, we're united in God's Word. That is the standard by which we are to live our lives. And the standard, it tells us we are to value others. Now, how do we demonstrate that? Well, a couple of examples, we see it from our Scripture. We worship together. We, we share together. We fellowship together. We served together. You know, just a few weeks ago, we served together as a church. We served the community together. We did the Easter extravaganza together. So I, I look at the early church. What did they value? They valued the word of God. They valued each other. And then this is the last thing I want you to see. The early church valued reaching others. Verse number 46. And every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple complex they broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And every day the Lord added to them those who were being saved. You know, whenever I, whenever I find a group of people that I really enjoy being around, I can tell you one thing that's hard to do. You kind of get around this group of people, and then somebody new wants to come into your group of people. And my tendency, my natural thought is, don't let them in, because it's really good right now, and that person is sort of an outlier. We don't know what they're going to bring. So, you know, I'm thinking, that if they come, they might screw this thing up. And I like, I like the group like I've got it right now. Now, that's a great thought for a pastor, isn't it? But that's, but that's, just, sort of, but that's just sort of my, I think that's kind of like a lot of our natures. It's going good right, right now. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I look in our scripture and I see that the Christians, the early church in the scripture, they were very outward focused. Now, now how do we know this? Well, for a couple reasons. One, we're told that they interacted with the community at large. Verse number 47 says that they had the favor of all the people. Isn't that neat? That's the early church. It does not say the community hated that church down the road. It says they had the favor of all the people. And I thought, wouldn't that, be a, that a, wouldn't that be a great testimony for us? You know, wouldn't it be nice that the people that are in Northeast Columbia and Blythewood, when they hear about you guys, they hear about Village Church, they say, you know, we're a better place because they're here. You know, they, they make a difference in our community because they are involved with us. You know, I guarantee you, whenever you spend time serving other people, valuing other people, people take notice of that. Every time we have an event and you guys are out serving, people, when they find out I'm, I'm the pastor, they'll come to me, and they'll, they'll, there's two things they'll do. One is, can we, can we donate something for what y'all are doing? And I just say, well, no, not, you can just donate it to cash, write that check out to cash. I'm kidding. Say, no, the, we're, we're, we're doing that, just we're doing it to, to serve people. But it gives me an opportunity to say about y'all, they say, why are y'all doing this? It's a very common question. And it's a great opportunity just simply to say, because we want to show you in a simple way, Jesus loves you. Yeah, I love that about the early church. I see the the, the early church, they were very outward focused. Verse 47 again, it says, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They didn't try to keep it all within the family. They were willing to reach out. They were excited about Jesus, how Jesus had changed their lives. And they said, you know, we want other people to experience what we've experienced. And whenever the community at large saw how Jesus made a difference in the life of the church, you know what people did? They said, we want some of that. They, They live different. They share with each other. They value each other. They have joy in their lives. And they were drawn to Jesus. Because of the way the Christians lived. Well, what a great testimony. A number of years ago, there were a group of men who were in Montana. They were, they were panning for gold. As they were panning for gold, one of the men in his pan, there was, a, there was a big rock in his pan that he panned up, and he cleaned it off, and it was a huge gold nugget. And the guy got excited, and everybody saw it. And As they were panning for gold... Man after man began to, there was gold that was turning up in their pants, and they went crazy. They were jumping up and down saying, we are rich. We have hit it big. And then one of the men said, you know what, we got to go get some more supplies so we can get some more of this gold. But when we go back into town, they said, we have to make a deal. We will not say anything about this or the whole town will be up here. And so they all made a pledge to each other. We will not say anything. They all, all went into town. They bought their supplies. When they came out, there were a hundred men on horseback, loaded up with supplies, ready to follow them back. The men all looked around at each other suspiciously, and finally, one of the men looked at the guys in the crowd, and he said, which one of these men told you about the gold? One of the men looked at him on horseback, and he was just smiling. He said, no, nobody told us anything. He said, we could just see it in your faces. village church, whenever people look into our faces, can they see it? Can they see Jesus in us? Can they look at us and see there is something that is different about them? Whenever they look at our actions, my hope is people will be saddling up on their horses saying, we want to follow you. See, Jesus told us the way that we fulfill the law is we love him and we love others. Jesus said in Matthew 22, 37 through 41, He said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. He says, All the law and the prophets will hang on these two commandments. Now, you know what? Every once in a while, we need to be reminded of who we are. You know, as a church, we need to be reminded, what is it that we're supposed to value as a church? You know, not just as a church. I mean, you know, the church is people. It's you. What, what do we value? And whenever I look at the early church, I see what we're to value. We are to value the word of God. We are to value each other. and We are to value reaching others. So ask, ask yourself that question. I, I, you ask yourself. I'll ask myself. What is it deep down within me that I value? Do, do I value God's word? When I talk about value, and I'm not talking about, you know, I I got that book, I got it on my coffee table. I mean, do you look into God's word and say, this word, what God says to me in Scripture, it will dictate the way I live. I struggle with that. But I want to be directed by Scripture. Another question is, do I value others? You know, when when I see other people, do I care for them? Do I pray for people? Whenever I want to respond in anger, which oftentimes wins out in me? Am I willing to say, God, may you control my spirit because, God, I want to value people, love them, pray for them? Do I value reaching others? Where I look at people not as just what can they get me, but I look at people and say, do they know? Do they know Jesus? Because everybody's going to die. And whenever it happens, there's one of two destinations do I want to reach people? Because I want to see people experience the grace and the forgiveness and the love of God. Might be some of you here today, you might say, you know what? I'm not real sure if I even value Jesus yet, but I'd like to know him. You can know him today. Now we're going to close our service in this way. I'd just like for you to bow your head and close your eyes. And and there could be that there's some of you here today and you say, you know what? I I need to ask myself if I've ever surrendered myself to the leadership of Jesus. And maybe if you're honest with yourself, you say, you know, I, I know who Jesus is, but I, I don't really follow him. But I would like to. If you would like to, then I'll just encourage you where you're seated. If you would, just, just pray. Pray this prayer silently to the Lord. You just simply pray to him and say, Lord, I, I want you to know, Lord, I understand that I am sinful. Jesus, today I ask that you will forgive me of my sin. God, I know that that is why you went to the cross. You died for me. You were my sacrifice. And Jesus, you rose from the grave, giving me freedom over the penalty of sin, giving me eternal life. So I am asking you, Jesus, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Now, if you prayed that prayer or something like it, nobody looking around, I just want to encourage you to you take your bulletin. You can fill out that contact form, and there's a line in there. You check it. Say, I, I am committing my life to Christ today, and then you tear that out. And as you leave, we're going to have ushers that will be holding these little black baskets, and you just drop that slip of paper in there, and we can get you some information in the mail about growing in the walk with Jesus. Now, maybe there are others of you who say, you know what, I, I am interested in, in finding out what, what this community of believers is all about. As I, I, I'm interested in being a part of the ministry here. I'm interested in knowing how you function, what you do. We're having our Discovery Village Church class next week. Love for you to come. You can sign up for that class using your, your contact form in the bulletin as well. You do the same thing, just write your information there, put it in the basket. Because we want you to be a part church a part of a team that will value the Word of God that will value other people and that will value reaching others Heavenly Father I am I am grateful for your word Lord I'm grateful for the early church God I thank you for the, the really the testimony that they give us of what it is that we are called to find important God, I pray that like the early church, that we'll be a church, God, that we'll value the same things. Because God, our our desire is to make a difference for Jesus, to be a light in a very dark world. God, we, we are so quick to point out all the little points of division in our lives, in our world. We don't need those things to be pointed out. What we need is we just simply need the light of Jesus to shine. Because when that happens, then, God, you open up the pathway that we are to follow in life. God, I pray that more and more people will know you, will serve you, will love you, and will find peace. And I pray these things in Jesus' name.